0: It is Locked On Jazz for the 6th of February. A trade deadline looms. A five game losing streak lingers. A very poor performance by the Utah Jazz last night to discuss and what has taken place. It's all coming up. Plus your questions on a live edition of Locked On Jazz. Pow! How are you? I'm David Locke, radio voice for Utah Jazz, Jazz NBA insider. This is Locked on Jazz, your daily podcast on the Utah Jazz, giving insight, expertise, geeky numbers, and hopefully making it way more fun to be a Jazz fan each and every day. Uh, today's a tough one, though. Last night's a bad loss. We'll talk about that loss. We'll talk about that performance. Take your questions. Look toward the trade deadline if anything happens to break while we're live on the air and uh, see what's taking place uh, with the Jazz. I, I took the time last night to re-watch the game. Uh, that's where I want to start with today's program. Uh, and and, and kind of break down what I think I saw in our fifth straight loss last night. Uh, for the Utah Jazz. The, the biggest thing to me was just actually some of the little plays. Some of the plays that you've got to make to win games. Up six. Uh, about six minutes left in the ball game. Uh, Don Conley's just hit Donovan for alley oop. Rudy's just had a dunk. Jokic takes a three that he doesn't really want to take, and Torrey Craig out hustles Joe Ingles and Jordan Clarkson for the basketball. A uh, lot of those type of plays. I think the first place you have to start, which doesn't make us feel any better, is that was one of the most awesome performances by the Denver Nuggets, and their post game reaction to it was they knew it. But that's, I think, the most disconcerting thing they're playing with some heart and soul and spirit that we didn't play with that's undeniable they have they they have something to them right now they have a little bit of a hey we're down to seven guys let's go do it and they reacted that way after the game in a, in a manner of of just that there's a little something to that Denver Nugget team and I don't I don't know um that we actually have that uh, to us right now. And I think that's probably the part that's the most disconcerting uh, to us. If you kind of look through that game and particularly late, they just make great play after great play. We, we make some not very good plays, but honestly, when you watch it and you re look at it, Denver's making incredible plays. If we walk through the final few minutes Donovan hits a jumper to make it 95-91. Um and uh with 320 left, Mike Conley drives on a pick and roll and throws a, a very poor pass to Rudy Gobert for a turnover. Okay, that that was a mistake. Uh then they run a Jokic Morris pick and roll. Conley gets caught on the top side of Jokic, he rolls, and we've got ourselves a uh we've got ourselves a, a 95-93 game. Donovan on the next play is coming around the weak side uh, for kind of his old pin down. Maybe he takes a little wide route. Maybe I, frankly, you know what happens a little bit? Is Gary Harris just outworks Donovan Mitchell, gets in position, knocks the ball away, and gets a fast break, or maybe it was Dozier. Um, I thought it was Harris, but I, it, my scoreboard says it was Dozier, and goes the other way with it uh, f- for a free throw. To make it 95-94. Joe Ingles drives. Nice play by Joe. Off some good action. We actually moved the ball in that possession. And Dozier slides under root it under Joe for a charge. Those are really... Conley's pass to Gobert wasn't great. But it was defended perfectly by Denver. Gary Harris or Dozier's play. I thought it was... Um, if I have the right play. Maybe I'm off a of play here. Uh, it was just great effort. Kind of incredible in that regard. Um, so Donovan comes through. Um, oh, maybe this is a different, I, I, Dozier is a different one. Harris is another play I'm talking about, but it's still accurate. It's just great effort play. We just didn't make it. Donovan, we run a play for Donovan coming across. Dozier from, reaches around from behind, knocks it free for a steal. Loose ball foul on Donovan. Sends him to the line. Um, Knight, you know, Jokic is the clutchest player in the league. Uh, Jamal Murray takes a three, misses. Torrey Craig gets an offensive rebound. 15 seconds later, Jokic takes with one second of the shot clock, a tough fadeaway, but he makes that shot and hits. Some of this is just great play by Denver, which is too bad because we should be making the same great plays. Um, And and just a level of effort and fight that they had in that game, which is the that soul and spirit and grit that, that they have right now. We didn't show it. Like give, give, you know, little ways, give them a ton of credit for this. We have a terrible possession on the next. Uh, I think it's on the next one down. Bogdanovich forces a really bad three. Jokic misses. We get a rebound with eight seconds left. Conley misses. You know, you look in the middle of that is a play in which, uh, Yoke, uh, we get a miss on a Jokic jump shot somewhere in here or on a, on a Murray shot, or Murray misses a nine-footer. Bogdanovich gets a rebound. Oh, that's the... Oh, Murray misses a 12-footer. There's a scramble and a fight for the rebound because Denver's, frankly, out-fighting us for the rebound. Murray kind of falling to the ground, throws it up off the rim. We get it. We're up 95-94. Monty Morris just hustles, just hustles behind Donovan Mitchell, gets behind him and knocks the ball away in the open court. Like, some of these plays are are not great plays... By the Jazz. Other of these plays are just. Denver did everything you'd want a team to do. With just incredible fight and effort and grit. And and, you know. Kind of to Rudy's comment. That like. Maybe there's an expectation to win. I don't know if there needs to be a reminder. On how hard it is to win. But that seemed to me. To be clear. And the other one give Denver credit. I mean it's. It's 90-81 to with six minutes left, and they don't have any players. And they just didn't roll. 92-84 with 527 left, and they didn't roll. Donovan takes a poor three at 505. I got to tell you what, watching Donovan in this game, part of me wonders whether or not that early pick in the game knocked his cobwebs in some weird way. He just didn't have it. Like, he didn't have the joyousness. He didn't have the bounce. He didn't have the 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 energy usually has. I, I'm not sure he didn't get just blasted. Uh, o- opening first or second play, he picked somebody up 94 feet. Jokic just crushed him. And I don't, I wouldn't, you know, I heard, you know, Donovan went out afterwards shooting, uh, which means if he was, you know, didn't feel well, he probably wouldn't have done that. But he, he didn't look right all game. He wasn't. He wasn't particularly good um, in in his usual way, but he also just didn't look right. I mean, eight of twenty four shooting is one thing. He he didn't he didn't look right. Some of the things you'd think were wrong with us weren't. We threw three hundred twenty six passes. We just didn't. Our pick and roll game was just a mess. Our drive game just didn't work. That was an offensive loss last night, uh, to some extent. The Mike Conley Rudy Gobert pick and roll wasn't very good, but. Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, 16 picks led to two points. We got nine points off other stuff, but only got two points. They continue. It was interesting is that when they were flipping Torrey Craig between players, so Torrey Craig shut down Donovan in Denver. When Jamal Murray was on Donovan last night, Donovan had it was okay when Torrey Craig was on him he was better but he wasn't great he, he shot 35% which is kind of what he shot for the whole game and didn't didn't make some of the shots he would usually make uh Torrey Craig went under a pick Donovan did the right thing on the left side and fired a three in the second half so I I, I don't have a great like brilliant explanation uh let's see breaking let's see just came in Miami and Oklahoma City could reach a deal on Gallinari, there's still time to make this three-team for those. So, all right. Um, so, Justice Winslow, Dion Waiters, and James Johnson to Memphis for Andre Iguodala, Solomon Hill, and Jay Crowder is that final deal coming across uh, right now? Uh, the um, sorry, just lost a train of thought there. So that you know, I. I I left last night. I mean, we just didn't make plays, right? And so there's all these plays you can find where, you know, frankly, we got the ball up 95-94 and Monty Morris runs from behind and knocks the ball out of Donovan's hands in the open court. Like, either someone's got to tell Donovan, Donovan's got to be more tight with the basketball, but we're up one with the ball with 117 left. Our possession with 40 seconds left when... Bogdanovich, Tory Craig, uh, when Bogdanovich tries to go one-on-one on the left side and takes a contested three, it was not very good. The, the answer to some extent, in a lot of people's minds, well, Mike Conley, eh, Mike Conley was our best player last night. With that said, it is different with Mike Conley. Mike Conley's bringing the ball up the floor. Mike Conley's initiating the offense. It's different. We're a different team with Mike Conley. Does that mean, you know, that's what we've built? Mike Conley was pretty good last night. 21 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists. But there's no question, if you watch us right now, we're a different basketball team with Mike Conley. D- different does not mean bad. It just means different. And we, I'll, I'll dig into a little bit of that and then start taking your questions and then we'll talk some trade deadline As we continue, today's show brought to you by our good friends at Shamrock Auto. Shamrock Auto, Rob Taylor and the crew out there have done a great job. Rob got into this business to make everything easier. He hired Brady Kimball, his technician who had 40 years experience to go be his buyer. So he made sure that every single one of the cars out there that he had was absolutely uh, fabulous and made sure that you had great experience. He's got the reviews to back it up, which makes him... Very, very happy. His goal is better cars, no drama, great pricing. And his favorite thing is he can get you any truck or sedan you want. They, most of the cars are 6 to 12 months old, 5 to 20,000 miles, Suburbans, Yukons, big SUVs, 40, uh, all those kind of things out there. Utah County assault vehicles for you. But his favorite thing is people come from out of state or people that come back to him and give him a call and say, hey, I'm looking for this. Can you go get it for me? Give Rob a call. Rob's a fun guy to talk to. He's probably despite just down as, as he could ever be right now. He's a huge jazz fan. 80 combined years of experience in the automotive business for the group over there at Shamrock Auto. They'll make it quick. They'll make it easy. They'll make it simple. 801-319-2250. That's 801-319-2250. That's 801-319-2250. Today's show is also brought to you by Spavia. Over in Sandy at 104 South, I went over and visited the crew over at Spa Spavia. Had a super nice time. Their, their concept at Spa Via is to make sure that you get the full spa resort boutique experience. That great relaxation escape at half the price. That's what they want to make sure you get. They've got facials and body wraps and all waxing and all those type of things that you can get. Uh, for A robust uh, a group of that for if your wife wants that for Valentine's Day. Uh, they also have couples massages for you. Uh They have sports massages, deep tissue massages. They've got a hot stone uh, massage I'm going to have to try out here coming up a little bit. So, Danette and the crew there do a wonderful job uh, and can help you out with whether it's, you know, pure relaxation, deep tissue. If you're looking for the Valentine's Day gifts, we've got a special deal for you. Go stop by Spa Via and tell them that you're with Locked On Jazz or give Spa Via a call. And buy two gift certificates, you get the third one for free. I guess it's gift cards in this day and age. Gift certificates is kind of an outdated uh concept on for me. But yes, yeah, so if you buy two $50 gift cards, uh you end up with uh one of or one of them for free so you can go buy one for yourself, buy two for your wife whatever it might be. Uh win big big opportunities and give everyone be very very happy. It's Spavia. It's 104th South State Street. Stop by. Give them a call. Tell them you're with Locked On and you'll get that special discount. It's Spa Via in Sandy. All right. Uh, I want to get to some of the questions, uh, but let's let's address the Mike Conley kind of talk here. So there's a few things. One, don't underestimate how different the opponents are right now uh, than they were when, when Mike Conley um, wasn't playing. Now... With that said, what a five-game losing streak that if we were good, we should have won four of the five. Right? We should have beat Houston without their guys at home. Uh, I generally think we should have won in San Antonio. Probably not totally, but to some extent, uh, probably losing Denver, win against Portland, and win last night against a shorthanded Denver team. So we're not, this isn't good. Uh, let's not care ourselves about it. Uh, and the fact that the offense failed last night uh, is a little strange because uh, the offense has been uh, what's good. We are, there was also an element last night that when Rudy, when Bo- they decided to take Bogdanovich out of the game, which a defense can come close to doing, they decided to, uh, in addition, they decide you know, Donovan's having a tough night. Mike becomes really, really valuable, right? That's where Mike becomes incredibly valuable to have him on the floor because he does other things for this team. Now the offense right now, if you look at all the numbers, like Mike, the offense is three points less good per hundred possessions with Mike on the floor. The defense is one. Those are all true. Again, I think you got to look at like who we played in that middle stretch. And I'm guessing that Mike Conley would have looked fine. But with that said, it is different. I don't know that different has to be bad. And I do think it's taking some adjustment and there's going to be some bumps in the road and i actually not sure that anybody on in the jazz you know coaching staff or probably front office is that surprised by this that once mike came back there was a rebuild to this team that actually has to happen and there's going to be some bumps in the road one of them's joe joe's got to play better he's not very good right now like he he, he it was interesting last night is because he did some things that were just awesome. So he pushed the tempo on a bunch of rebounds and got us out and and going at an awesome rate. Like It was incredible to watch what Joe did there. And then there are just a lot of possessions now where Joe comes down, gets one touch, gets off the ball, and doesn't see it again. And that's new. Right? Last night, Conley has 82 touches. Donovan has 73 touches. Joe has 67 touches. It's a little different. And so he Joe's gonna have to figure out how that works. Um, you know, Conley is is a part of this team. If we're gonna be great, he's gonna be a part of it. And he's we got three primary ball handlers. And so it's an adjustment. There are enough possessions to go around. There's not anything crazy in that regard. Everyone should be able to get their kind of usual amount of possessions, uh, but it's going to be a little interesting for these guys. And they're gonna—they're either gonna sulk it all the way into a disaster, or they're gonna buck up and deal with it. But right now, that soul, that inner—you know—what we're talking about isn't quite there. There's no need, I mean, it's obvious if you watch it. It's too bad. Uh, I don't know if, you know, we look at time of possession or touches per game. I think that would probably tell us how things are different. I'll try to do that for you for tomorrow's show. I'll have that for you for the Friday show with a recap of the trade deadline and the rest. All right, let's get to your questions and your thoughts. There's two different things here. There's the trade deadline and... Uh, as it's going on as we move to within two and a half hours of the trade deadline. Uh, My overall take is kind of what I said yesterday. The Jazz don't have the assets right now to call up somebody and make and get a deal done, right? They don't have the ability to call Memphis and say, we want Andre Gidala, here's Justice Winslow. We don't have that player that we're willing to move. Um, and so that's a pretty big difference in what some other teams could do. And so what the Jazz have done is, um, you know, they've made known what they're interested in. And now in the next two hours, somebody may come back to the Jazz and say, okay, we're ready to do a deal. But there's not a lot that the Jazz can do to move that meter. Uh, Do I expect Ed Davis to be moved today? Probably not for two reasons. One, Ed is more important to this team kind of in the locker room, around the guys, what he brings, than I think anyone who's not around the team would recognize. Uh, Two, I I think, you know, in the sense of if you're rolling with Tony Bradley, having Ed Davis as a security blanket, it's a pretty good one to have. Um, and the third one I would say in that regard is that he has enough, because he has another year on his contract, it's not an easy deal for the front office to make. So it's not entirely that they're keeping Ed Davis because they, you know, that that's the number one desire. There's a lot of re- good reasons to keep Ed Davis, but it's not necessarily uh, the easiest thing uh, to move him either with the other year on his contract. Landon Pillar, with Conley back in the starting lineup, does it seem like Joe is not as effective? There's just no question about it. Um, Joe is off his game. And I don't have any idea as a player um, what that is that Joe's experiencing and how difficult that is for him. With that said, and with understanding to that, like he's got to play better for this team to be good. And this team's going to have Mike Conley. So whatever the lack of touches or the lack of pick and rolls or whatever it is, that's got him, you know, I, I, you know, there's a lot of possessions now where he, you know, watch an early third quarter. Like he's coming down the floor on back-to-back possessions and not touching. And then he is coming off a handoff, you know, he's getting a, and maybe he's flipping into Rudy and getting it back. And then he, you know, there's just not as much tactical ball handling time for him as there was. I'll, I'll be interested to go look it up. I'll look it up uh, what his time of possession is. With that said, so that's my understanding. And now you got to move forward. If the team's going to be good, Joe's got to be good in that role. What are the solutions for consistent offensive rebounding surrender? It feels like we're cons- it's a constant every game from Jesse Dunn on Facebook. What's interesting about that, Jesse, is... We're actually a pretty good defensive rebounding team, but late in games, when teams are crashing, it's an issue. I, I think one of our problems, we don't run enough. We're 30th in the league in transition opportunities, so teams kind of know that they can come go get us in the fast break when we're uh, – and so we've got it when we do get the defensive rebound, I think the first thing is we've got to start exploiting people with a little bit more transition opportunities so that if they're crashing the offensive or not they pay for it the other way. Let me be just totally honest watching the last few games on this. Boyan Bogdanovich is just not a good rebounder, okay? He does a million other things great. Um, we probably knew that when we looked at his statistics coming in. He puts a body on a guy. He does everything he's supposed to do. The effort is there. He he just doesn't get the rebound. Like, it's just not whether it's, you know, he's got his body on the guy and he gets pushed too far underneath and then they go grab the rebound. Whether it's he's got his body on the guy and then he just doesn't, he doesn't go up for the he doesn't can't get off the body to go up. What, whatever the skill set is, it, it's just not something he does well. He's a great shooter. He's a pretty good ball handler for a four. He's gets to the rim beautifully. He's right. He, he does a million things great. This is not one of them. Right? Like not every player can be complete. So, I mean, if you look at it, we knew this coming in. His rebounding percentage last year was seven percent, which means that when he's on the floor, he gets seven percent of all rebounds. Um, that's really low. If everyone got equal, it'd be ten percent. Uh, on the defensive glass, last year was his best rebounding year at twelve point seven. This year, it's eleven point one. That that's for if he's really kind of our power forward. That's pretty low, um, and that's an issue. So he's, you know, when people are there's two things going on. People are pulling Rudy out, of the and then not bringing Rudy to the ball because they realize that you know that's a win for us if we bring Rudy to the if they bring Rudy to the ball. And then the secondary thing that we're seeing take place is the fact that you're seeing, <coughs> excuse me, you're seeing, you know, that when Rudy's then not down for the rebound is we don't have great rebounders. Royce's. Our second best rebounder, and his rebounding percentages are are pretty good for his position. Uh, but you know, also he's not on the floor all the time now that we have um, that we have Mike Conley back, and Mike Conley's on the floor, so we're going to have to figure that out. I mean, I think it's going to be hard for us to not close with Royce O'Neill. On the other end, Royce O'Neill's not shooting the ball great right now, and so then all of a sudden there's some areas where Royce is not. Um, you know, Royce is not being guarded the same way, and impacts the offense on a defensive rebounding percentage. According to cleaning the glass, Royce O'Neal for a wing player. Now we're using him as kind of a sort of big, so it's a little misleading. But for a wing player, Royce O'Neal is in the 93rd percentile for defensive rebounding. Okay, so he's he's an elite level for his position as a wing player, an elite level rebounder. Uh. It's a little advantageous that so they call him a wing, not a forward, okay? Contrast that to Boyan Bogdanovich, who cleaning the glass calls a forward, which is a tougher group to rebound. Boyan Bogdanovich is in the 14th percentile in defensive rebounding. Okay, so Boyan <clears throat> is a terrific player, but his rebounding is not his strength. And that is one of the sh- And you saw it last night. He would get in on guys, and then he would get cut up. Today's show is brought to you by Intercap Lending, Steve Carter and the crew over at Intercap. Intercap's one of my favorite stories since they've been with Locked On. i love to take probably more credit, but when they joined us, they were, Josh Romney had brought their, uh, the company back to Utah, employed at the time. I, I have my, I was looking at my notes the other day. I have like, they, there's 190 people in Utah that are being employed by, that, that, that is a, that number is, tenfold now probably I don't know if that's true they now have 15 branches from St. George to Logan to Will Inverto they're growing why are they growing because they get deals done 2019 they've doubled the amount of work that they did in 2018 uh, by half year mark now as we move into 2020 they keep getting uh, better and better why because of guys like Steve Carter Steve Carter is your locked on jazz loan officer he's who I used We've had numerous Lockdown people use it, and it's an amazing experience. Give Steve Carter a call, 385-800-8528. That's 385-800-8528. Steve Carter, if you just run through the various reviews we've had from Lockdown people, it's always the same thing. Most responsive, best experience, Brad Hickman. Intercap Lending has been the best experience I've had in refinance of a home line. Steve Carter gave detailed options, custom for my situation. The loan process was made easy by the experience, knowledge, timeliness, and personal nature, Steve, and other members at Intercap. That's what Intercap Lending does. That's what Steve Carter does. He's your loan officer. Tell him you're locked on. You'll get the corporate rate, so we'll save you money as well. 385-800-8528. That's 385-800-8528. Intercap Lending, NMLS number 190465. 190465 intercaplending.com all right instagram i haven't touched on you uh a lot of questions about joe's struggles i think we've we've touched on that pretty well um so it's interesting this is a comment that we're getting a lot i like mike but it's definitely uh he's definitely not the issue here. The other guys need to step up. I think that they, uh, it's let's instead of placing blame. Last night was an offensive night. The offense was pretty good before those the deep, you know, really what we're seeing a little bit is this yin and this yang right now. So they go and work on their defense for a bunch of days. And the defense was pretty good last night. Now it should have been, they were short some guys and playing a non NBA player, but the, the defense was pretty good last night. And then they had a bad offensive night, which is weird. Um there was a stretch in the game in the third quarter where I thought we started to take a bunch of my turn shots. I will say that. Clarkson came in, hit a bunch of shots. I think he went one-on-one of back-to-back possessions. Boyan came off a pick, fired a three that was a play call for Boyan, but I didn't think it was a very good shot. I don't remember what the next possession was, but I thought it was hey, I got to, finally got to touch the ball and I'm going to shoot. Um I thought there was a little of that going on in the third quarter last night that there was a moment where I probably have a hard time finding it um I could try for a second here. It's never good to like try to find the play by play and read it and figure out if you got it. But that was my feeling. We were up um kind of had the game in the balance um and I thought we had a I thought we had a little chance there where we were we were up by 8 or 9 and then we just kind of fell into that. Um Donovan hits a shot at seventy three sixty six. I don't think I'm going to find it. Donovan misses it. Donovan misses a funeral. Clarkson hits a jump. George Niang. George Niang wasn't very good last night. You know, I mean, there's just a lot of pieces to the puzzle, right? George turned it over on back to back possessions offensively. Played went one of five shooting. Like that's a that's a that's a hurt. Um, you know, Tony Bradley kind of steps forward on the mid range jumper and doesn't have an impact on. Um, so. Uh, Someone's asking, why is Jordan Clarkson not closing the game? Who's he closing instead of would be my question you'd have to ask. So you're going to – Royce is already taking a hit. Now you're going to have Joe take a hit there as well. Um, You know, that's – That would be a, that would be a tough one. Polish jazz on Instagram says it's weird to have a three and D guy and Royce being a bench player. That seems rare. Aren't bench players usually scorers? What is the benefit to letting the opposing team get hot early? Um, I guess in theory, you know, the value of Royce is he doesn't use a lot of possessions. He's a, and so he plays D, but again, so who are you? Joe Ingalls who played so incredibly well in the starting lineup prior to this little burst here. What do you, are you not starting him? Um, so what is it you're, you know, you've got to have the counter to these things in, um, what you're doing. So if you want to start Royce O'Neill, then Joe Ingles is coming back off the bench. Really hard to get 30 minutes out of a guy. If he's coming off the bench, it's really hard. And particularly a 30 year old who you then, if you're going to do it, you're probably playing him two 12 minute stretches, which is a lot. Uh, you know, if you just think about it, you're, if you don't start the first six minutes of the first and third, you only have 36 available minutes for you to play. And then you've got, so you only have, if you're trying to play 30, you're playing 30 of 36. How are you doing that in the in the realm of a rotation? That is not an easy concept. Um, with other teams signing the league to extent, uh, to extensions right now, do you think the Jazz could do this with Clarkson to avoid losing him this summer in free agency? Um, the Jazz could if they want to. It's a good question from Scott Lambert. The other thing that's happened right now, by the way, is there's just going to be no free agent market out there in this offseason. Like, I think there's, with Memphis filling up their cap space with Justice Winslow and somebody else last night filled up, Atlanta filling up their cap space with Dwayne Dedman, Um there is, uh, there's just, I think there might only be two teams with cap space in the offseason. So I don't know what ma- what market Clarkson's going to have um, but you could, cons- and, and for that reason, you could. I don't think you need to do it today, though. Uh, there's definitely a correlation between Joe Ingalls and Mike Conley's usage. Uh, period touches. Glad you're going to look into it tomorrow. Look forward to it. Thank you, Parker. Appreciate it. Um, uh, did Donovan adopt the Mamba mentality? I, I guess he went and shot extra. But you know what? Donovan puts in a lot of extra work, he just doesn't make a big deal out of it. You know, that was the gym that was available to him last night. But. When we're on the road, Donovan goes and does a lot of shooting. Rudy goes and does a lot of work. These guys do a lot of work, um, on the road. Um, and so, you know, that's not that crazy different. They don't do it after games very often, but they do it a lot. You know, we get into town, we get in town, Rudy's goes straight to the gym. Almost every time we get off a plane in the hotel, uh, Donovan goes and shoots. So does Rudy. So these guys do a lot, a lot of work, uh, Another Instagram, I love Joe and would love to have him retiring with the Jazz. However, do you think our ceiling could increase with a potential Ingles trade? I mean, do you think we could get a better player out there? You know, Joe's really a a, a unique player that brings a tremendous amount uh, to the table. He's had four or five bad games in a row. But I mean, he's he, there aren't a lot of players in the league that do what Joe Ingles do, does at his size. The way he plays, it's perfect for our system. So I, I don't know that we can get better than a good Joe. I mean, sure. If you get Paul George and that, you know, drove Joe crazy when we all talked about that for a year, Um, you know, I think maybe Paul, you know, that would do it, but you're talking, you know, I I think Joe was ranked as like top 70 player in the league or top 50 player in the league by ESPN this year. And I think that's probably accurate. We just got to get Joe back. Like, He's just not great. You know, he just hasn't been very good last few days shooting. He had seven assists last night. And I thought he made some brilliant plays when he really pushed the tempo and did some great things. And, and, and we'll look at him for tomorrow's show. Like, I think his touches are way down. I think it's a pretty considerable adjustment for him. That doesn't, like, you can't sulk and you can't pout. And, and I'm not saying he's, but, like, you got to play. But I do think it's an adjustment. I think we have to be a little understanding that these guys are not robots. Um, why are we not playing with heart and soul? The Clippers are trading. Let's see what we just got here. Um, oh, the Clippers are trading Derek Walton to Atlanta for cash. Okay, so they cleared a roster spot. So maybe that's a precursor to another deal. Uh, that's a Woj bomb. Uh, why are we not playing with heart and soul? You know, I think we're probably not comfortable. Like, I think some of the adjustments we're talking about is taking that. Give Denver credit. Right? Denver's got a little something special right now. Denver just put together the best eight-day stre- eight stretch of anyone in the NBA. They beat us at home, injured. They went to Milwaukee and got in at 4.30 in the morning and won without like three starters. They ran out of gas. They were up 20 and then ran out of gas against Detroit, which makes sense. They came back home and shut down Dame and then they beat us on the back end of a back-to-back. Um, it's pretty interesting. I mean, give Denver some real credit. De- Denver is up their game better than us right now. Right? So that we've been two very similar programs at the same stage doing stuff. Give them credit. Give Denver credit. That's what we want to be. They played that way. Let's hopefully our guys learn something from it. Uh, after the roster changes on both sides, Houston still seems to be the worst matchup for us if the Jazz face them for the third time in the first round. Yeah, the 4 5 matchup with Houston, just, just with them playing PJ Tucker at the center, which, wow. You just couldn't imagine playing them a third straight time in the playoff, but we might be there. Six is Dallas with Chris Daps for at the five. I mean, Rudy's, if if we hold the three or four, we're going to get Houston or Dallas at this point. Unless Oklahoma, if Oklahoma City trades Gallinari, we'll be interesting to see what they do. That could be a little disheartening for that group. Though Chris Paul is such a fighter that I would be surprised if he allows that to happen. Um, I think that that, you know, he would probably be able to fight through that. Uh, your guy, Aaron Gordon is on the trade block. Can we get him? I'm not sure he's my guy anymore. Um, from Brandon Whitesides, he actually made a play against us that changed my opinion of him. Actually a single handedly one play changed my opinion of a little bit on Aaron Gordon. We were playing them. They were in control. He pulled up for a selfish transition three, which is not anything one that he's good at Two that the team needed. Um, and it swung the game back in our direction. And uh, it just struck me as, a lack of basketball feel or teammate awareness or game flow for a guy who's been in the league that long. I didn't like... It really struck me. Probably why um, I'm a podcaster and not a general manager. You probably can't let individual plays, but that play reeked to me of, one, you know, they're just... He shouldn't be taking it off the bounce, pull up three in transition. Uh, Two, the game flow. They had scored, I think, seven straight, and they were on a... Pretty good run, and and he sh- that wasn't what he should be doing in that play, um, and and two, it felt a little bit like um, it was his turn. Uh, most important question: Mayor uh, Bear wants to know if I'm hitting the slopes today. So I should have been. Um, both kids are got a little bit of the bug right now, so I'm like trying to be really to get to All Star Break. I mean, I like I went down to restore uh, that cryotherapy and did the an IV drip the other day to try to get my immunity boost up. And I uh, woke up, helped get the kids ready and went back to bed for two hours to get my eight hours of sleep. Seven. I was up till one thirty watching the rewatching the game. So um, I would like to go hit the slopes for a little bit today, but I've actually kind of screwed up my day. And with the trade deadline, I probably need to be around and near in case something happens. Um, so I, I would like to, I will be uh, up at snow basin on Friday after shoot around and I will try to be a Snowbird before we fly on Saturday to watch my kids race. So, um, And I think, if I remember correctly, Mayor Bear, your mom is like a host at um, Snow Basin. How about that for knowing your listening audience? Um, all right, let's see. We're probably running out of time here. Yeah, we're at 37 minutes. The, the director of the Lockdown Podcast Network would be very mad at us for going too long with this show. Let me see if I can just grab a few more. Um, is there a possibility too much individual play instead of team play? There's been some great individual games. Some of the players have been off a little bit lately. You know, I think, so Joshua, I mean, overall, we moved the basketball last night. Um, our pass numbers weren't, it wasn't one of those nights like opening night where we had 240 passes or 270. We were in the 320s with passes. So in that sense, we were moving the ball. I did think, as I said, that there was a stretch in the third quarter where, you know, I thought guys kind of were taking their turns, um, a little bit. Um, and it's just very, you know again, I don't mean this to say that it's bad. It's just different right now, right? Mike's bringing the ball up the floor and Mike's getting us into the offense, which he was great last night. He was our best player, um, at least on the offensive end. And I have to reevaluate who's the best player on the defensive end. Uh, and it's a little bit of a change. And Mike's instinct is to shoot. Mike scored 21 points a game last year as the number one option late in the game. You know, Mike, Mike comes off a pick late in the game. He thinks he's supposed to shoot if he's open, which he was. Um, and so that's a little different, um, and we'll have to figure it out. Now, frankly, you know, last night we ran a play for Donovan; it's a pull-up jumper. But Donovan also had, you know, two or three brutal turnovers late. Right? Mike had a bad turnover late. So um, it's we're we're in a bump on the season. That's undeniable. In a five-game losing streak, melding Mike back in is a change. It's a primary ball handler. We now have three of them. This is part of the process, right? This is, and and, and truthfully, it's not. I don't think it's entirely stunning to those involved. I think that they that they realized this was going to be a process that was going to be tough for them to figure out. I think they went through at the beginning of the year and then they played less, significantly lesser opponents and got some things figured out. And now they're playing better opponents trying to figure it out again. So, um, you know, that's tough, right? That's tough. Um, so... I, there's there's pieces of this thing that have to get figured out um and you know everyone's probably down a few touches I'll I'll try to run some numbers today uh if I don't get out on the slopes for too long um and see if there's a touch and a time of possession and there's some actual data um that can show us what we're talking about here but there's no there's no question um let's see um just trying to find any last questions trying to represent everybody um is there any chance the Jazz surprise us with a trade today my feeling is no what do you think I I think you know they're active they're involved they're making calls is there a chance they do something yes um is there you know a major shake up it doesn't seem like you can play the salaries on that um There've been some deals that have been made where, you know, like in like as I talked about yesterday, like Alex Len and Noah Vonley have both moved. Do you drop in on the backside of one of those deals that's not completely finalized yet to and, and pull another big over? I don't know. Um You know, is there a way to get a a 4-5 somewhere? I don't know how we entirely do that. Um So we'll we'll have to Um We'll have to figure that out. You know, I, I I think it's unlikely. I mean, I know this is like trade deadline, and we're now an hour, two hours, and twenty three minutes away, and we probably should be talking about trade deadline. I just don't see the assets that we have to be able to make make that deal, um, and and do those kind of things. So I I, I don't really expect that. Boy, there are just a lot of comments and a lot of people on this. I apologize if I'm not getting to everyone. Um, there were some plays where Gobert had a mismatch but I thought was too far into the basket to get the ball. Joshua, this is a great point. There were a bunch of plays last night where Gobert sprints the floor, gets to the rim, posts up, Jamal Murray is defending him, and we didn't get Gobert the ball. And I need uh, to try to understand that one a little bit. There's two aspects to that. One is if Rudy's going to run the floor, which they've been pounding Rudy to do to get down to the rim and run the floor, I kind of feel like you got to throw him the ball every now and then. Now, is Rudy doing something where he doesn't look open to those guys or the, the ball's not on an angle and Rudy doesn't make himself available enough. I don't know the answer to that. Is it a harder pass than it looks on television? Probably because there's a defender on you and we're trying not, and we're being very cognizant of not turning the ball over. So I don't entirely know what's going on there, but I do think it's a really good point. Um, on your part, uh, the jazz need a couple massage at spa via. Yes, they actually do. That is probably a fair point. Um, Joe and Conley are both good, but they seem to take away from each other's games frustrating. Might be some truth to that. At some extent, they're both point guards. And they've, so they've got to figure that out. Um, Joe is really good when he's a primary ball handler. Yes, he is, but he's got to be, he wasn't always that way, right? And for us to be great, I'm not sure that that's the answer, that Joe's the primary ball handler. Maybe, but... Uh, and, and Quinn will adjust to these things. He's a master at this. But at, at the same time, like, and it's hard. It's hard to come up and down the floor and not touch it every now and, and now and not get touches. I think that's, um, I think that's really really har- hard. Uh, a bunch of people are saying that Aaron Baines is their favorite option. I think the Jazz would love to do that. That would be the classic example of Phoenix feels as though they have to get some sort of asset for Baines before he leaves, and so. The Jazz don't have a lot to offer. They've been talking to Phoenix. Phoenix shops Baines around. Nothing else is available. And they call at the last second and say, we'll do it. That, that's kind of the concept of what I'm talking about um, this whole time with, uh, you know, we just don't have enough assets to call someone and get a deal done right now. It, it, it has to happen the other way around. All right, that is Locked on Jazz today. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Appreciate you. Five in a row is not fun. We'll be all right, I think. Yeah, we'll be all right. We got a master as a head coach. We got a lot of talent. We got good guys. We got all the principles that will allow this thing uh, to uh, turn it back around. And they've got, you know, the nice thing is they've played well enough that they have 30 games to figure it out and get ready for the playoffs. It is Locked On Jazz. Have a great one. See you later. Bye, Instagram.